This show is brought to you by listeners and viewers like you. EvanX.com Tesla Accessories, our TeslaOwnersOnline.com community, and our Patreon supporters at Patreon.com slash TeslaOwnersOnline. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tesla Owners Online Show. This is episode number 110, Thursday, November 25th, 2021. And I want to say thank you to everybody who's been joining us over the last, uh, well, you know, little while anyways. And uh, I know we're very appreciative of your time because sometimes these podcasts run a little bit long. But today we have something very special. We have a couple of guests that are going to be joining us. But first, I want to bring on my uh, co-host here, Ian. Ian, how you been, buddy? I am doing just peachy. How about you, Mr. Peach? Oh, well, you know how it is. Just uh, no rest for the wicked. And hopefully this whole podcast will turn out uh, good for us because uh, I got a brand new setup. So this is the third time for us using this software. The software is pretty reliable, but with a new system, you never know what's going to happen. But anyways, it is what it is. And that's my job is to make this stuff work for you guys. Anyways. Today we have a couple of guests that I want to bring on. Now, if you guys haven't been paying attention, you know, last year Ian and I did a cross-Canada trip, um, and we did that in three days, 20, how many How many minutes again was it, Ian? 73 hours, 27 minutes, and 48 seconds. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm counting. Right. So having said that, these two gentlemen that we're bringing on today, we have Kent Rathwell, who's the founder and CEO of Sun Country Highway, which is an electric vehicle charging network for over 4,000 charging stations across North America. Matter of fact, they were there before Tesla even had superchargers. Mm -hmm. And also joining us this evening is his partner in crime, Harvey Soiter, CEO of Soiter Agencies. Now, these two gentlemen back in September did a cross-Canada electric vehicle drive similar to what ian and i did but they went one step a little further they actually went a from whole enchilada yeah exactly they did the whole trans canada highway which is something that a lot of people kind of took ian and i up on and was like you guys didn't do cross canada because you didn't do from zero to <laughs> to the other end we took some heat for that yeah we took a little bit of heat but the point was that ian and i decided to do it strictly on the supercharging network because it was kind of a test for us because uh, Tesla had opened up the superchargers literally just a, a couple weeks before. So we decided to do it and stay on the mainland because when you're going to, you know, Newfoundland, <clears throat> there's a ferry. And of course, when you get to Victoria, there's also a ferry. So we elected to stay on the mainland. But anyways, these two gentlemen decided to do it in the entire length using a um, an e-tron, a Audi e-tron. Um, by the way, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you guys to actually watch um, and see what they've done. The website is MarianneSElectricDrive.com. And like I said, I'll put a link in the show notes. You guys can certainly check it out. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, I'm happy to be here. Excellent. And thanks for inviting us. Thank you very much. Oh, it's, it's our pleasure. So, Ian, um, all, all the credit goes to Ian for organizing this particular um, interview. And he has a list of questions and stuff. So, I think I'm going to kind of hand it off to Ian and uh, let him get the ball rolling, and if I have questions, I'll kind of interject, because Ian has a lot of the data, and these two guys are going to be able to jump in and tell us a little bit about that. So, all right, Ian, take it away. All right, well, my first question, I think what everybody would like to know, if they're not familiar with it already, is, uh, Harvey, this was kind of your uh, brainchild. I know you did the drive originally at a little bit of a slower pace in, in 2019, 
Uh, and the whole reasoning behind it is it, it is a fundraiser, uh, a memorial drive of sorts. And I was wondering if you could take a little time and, and walk us through that, like the, why the drive, what's significant about it, and, and, and everything that's really important about this project. Well, um, it is, I'll try and shorten it as best I can. Um, my, uh, my wife, Marianne, my late wife, uh, passed away three years ago. Oh, I'm so sorry to, to hear that. that. Um, I, I was very much um, enthralled, and it all started from um, the documentary Revenge of the Electric Car, where I was introduced at the time to four entrepreneurs, um, one from GM, one from Nissan, uh, one who was a, just a garage guy um, converting old, um, um, you know, antique uh, cars into electric cars, and of course, Elon Musk. And Elon was the one that it really um, impressed me incredibly. I mean, I was, I, I couldn't not go back to the Tesla website after I saw the show. Uh, I started at eight o'clock in the in the evening, and I and I wanted to one YouTube to one other YouTube to, to different things. I learned a lot about Elon just in that one um, evening, and I didn't get to bed till like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. If I had to, I had a golf game the next morning. Anyway, that was my hook, and I was a Tesla fan right from the beginning. I told my wife Marianne, you know, I want to get a Tesla. And when the Model 3s came out, she drove me to, you know, even before the launch, like the, the, the day that everybody was lining up at all the Tesla stores, and I was one of them. I think it was number 80 in, um, in Vancouver on, on Robson Street, and put my $1,000 down. I bought a Tesla ball cap, Tesla golf balls, Tesla t-shirt. You know, I was totally all in. And um, I asked Marianne, you know, we've never been to Newfoundland before. We traveled all across the country. And I thought, when we get the car, like the Model 3, you know, let's take it on a, on a long road trip all the way to Newfoundland and just have a great time. If I sound a little emotional, it's because, you know, it was an emotional, um, you sure. know, moment for me, of course, when, when she passed away and she wasn't able to, to do the trip. Um, and so I thought I would do the trip, you know, in her name. So that's why it's called Marianne's Electric Drive. And um, so that was one reason to do it. But the other reason was I'm an electric vehicle advocate, just like you guys are. And I really believe that this is the future. And, you know, when I first started finding about Elon, that was about five years, six years ago. And, you know, look where, you know, Tesla's come. Look where the rest of the automotive um, industry is going. And, uh, you know, the future is evident that it's going to be, you know, huge for EVs. I mean, that's where the future is. But when two years ago, the EV infrastructure in Canada, and especially in northern Canada, was really few, few and far between. I had to rely on public chargers um, from BC Hydro, from EV Route, from, you know, and I, I went all the way across to Newfoundland, and I just wanted to show people, anybody that was interested in EVs or people that were not, that you can actually take an EV on a long trip. Um, that was the big objection, you know, oh, you know, range anxiety and all that. We've heard people it all. Were, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys heard it all. Yeah. So by by telling people that you can take it on a long trip, and I figured, well, you know, Newfoundland's not a bad distance, you know, that'll, that'll show people that you can make it. And at that time, because the infrastructure wasn't that great at the time. 
it was a real challenge and I'm up for a challenge. So, and, and there were some times where it was tight, um, but I made it, I made it without getting stuck. And on the way back, going through the United States, it was the, the infrastructure uh, two, two and a half years ago was way better. I mean, the Electrify America uh, charging stations were just getting implemented in a big way. And there was one day that I actually did 1400 kilometers in one go and uh, with four chargers. Um, it was, uh, I don't think anybody has done 1400 kilometers in a, uh, in a one day period solo. I was solo. Um, but it, th that just shows you the infrastructure was so much better in the States and it is getting better in Canada now. And, you know, because of COVID, this is where the second trip, you know, really came into play. Um, the, uh, and of course the other, sorry, I, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I forgot to mention, you know, the fundraising that my wife had a ruptured brain aneurysm 20 years ago and her favorite charity was to support her surgeon that did a full craniometry um, to to repair her ruptured brain aneurysm. And so she donated money to his research on Parkinson's. That was his focus. And, and so she donated a lot of money every year. And uh, again, uh, before she passed away, a legacy donation. So it just made sense for me to support you know, what she wanted. So, and then of course, the other thing was just to have a lot of fun, take photos, I'm a photographer. I just wanted to have a really great trip. And the reason why I chose the e-tron was because I was still working and I needed more space in an electric vehicle. Prior to that, you know, my wife and I would have two cars and I could use, you know, my Touareg or her larger, you know, uh, Quattro, uh, uh, Q5 um, to do my, for my samples. But the Model 3, I didn't think was gonna be sufficient enough. And I, I just thought the Model X having the, the gullwing doors or falcon wing doors, uh, I just didn't like the fact that you couldn't put a roof rack on it, or surfboard, or skis, or bikes, or whatever. And the price was significantly higher than the e-tron, so I chose the e-tron instead, and I really have no regrets. I mean, I think both, you know, both the Teslas and the Audis are great, and um, both have really um, uh, great powertrains. And I, I did recognize the fact that the e-tron didn't have the range that the um, the Model Three would have. However, the down the road with the Electrify America stations and Electrify Canada stations, the charging speed was at that time actually faster. So even though I may not have had the range, I really wouldn't be inconvenienced. And I really had confidence that the e-tron would, would be a great quality car. And back in 2018 and, and early 2019, you know, the Model 3s, we're having some of the issues with build quality. I mean, that's well documented. And uh, the beta testing was really more done through the uh, the employees, whereas Audi took a full year to, to do their beta testing. And I, there was one ad that I saw where the Audi was encased in ice. And I just knew with their um, testing that I would have a quality car. And um, I also like the bells and whistles, like the proper instrumentation. I really wasn't keen on the, the one single screen on the Model 3. Uh, I liked the idea of a heads-up display, and there was also other features that I liked on the Audi. And um, I, I don't regret getting the Audi. I'm really happy with the car. However, I, I, I just think that um, it's obvious that Tesla's done an amazing job, better than any other car manufacturer as far as um, manufacturing capability 
um, the electronics, um, everything they've done, just an amazing job. And I'm really happy to be on the show. But the second trip was really more geared towards um, COVID. You couldn't travel, you know, for a year and a half. And I wanted to visit my family and friends. I'm originally from Montreal, so I wanted to visit family and friends. And I thought that, um, you know, I could fly, rent a car, fly, rent a car, fly, rent a car. And I just said, you know what? I'm just going to drive. I'm going to have fun. And uh, I thought um, that I would just boot it out to, ha to initially I was going to do Halifax, but I thought it would make sense to, to go all the way to Newfoundland. And uh, because if I was, you know, doing uh, a new challenge of seeing how fast I can do it, because the infrastructure was in place now to, to actually make a new challenge of seeing how fast I could do it. Now, I knew that you guys, you know, did it from Halifax to, um, sorry, Vancouver to Halifax. And I decided that I would want to go all the way to um, um, Newfoundland to, to get in that whole Trans-Canada Highway. And um, uh, I, I also didn't want to be honest, you know, totally honest. I didn't want to compete with you guys. Um, <laughs> Um, and I knew about your trip already, and I just thought trying it, doing a different trip and something that was more significant to Canada, where you're going from one end of Trans-Canada Highway from all the way from the furthest point in Eastern Canada, all the way to Vancouver Island, would be um, a real significant um, trip. And um, when I talked to Kent, I was asked him, you know, I need a co-pilot. And uh, he said, I asked him, do you know anybody that, you know, would be interested? And what did you say, Kent? Well, I, I, I said, well, I've done it before, so um, I'll go with you. So it's as simple as that. Like, no, that, like was, that. that was it was like literally that quick. Just that. Right it sounds like yeah. it sounds like the Ian's phone call to me. <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, I've known I've never met and at that point. I never met Kent in person. We always talked on the phone and we. We always had great conversations and, uh, you know, I had a good relationship with him, even though I'd never met, met Kent in person. And I didn't even know what he looked like, you know, when, uh, when we were talking on the phone. And I was wanting to get this trip done, you know, while the daylight hours were really good. But he suggested to do it after Labor Day because the traffic on the highways would, mm -hmm. would really deter a high speed. You know, we, if we're going to do a high speed, trip we we wanted to set a decent record you know we knew that nobody else had done it before we knew that you guys that did it have done it and you know you guys did it in march of 2020 if i'm not mistaken that's right and you know the um the even though it was colder you didn't have a lot of traffic to deal with whereas when i was uh, so we decided to to um to do it after labor day when a lot of the holiday traffic and the kids were out of school or sorry back back into school uh, you know, the traffic would be a lot less and it was a, a smart decision to do that. I, I know for us, one of the impetuses of being able to, of, of doing the trip was actually to deliberately do it in the coldest month of the year, just to take that out of the equation, you know, cause you always, oh, I can't go anywhere when it's cold. Well, you know what, let's do it in the winter. And obviously you guys did it uh, when you started September 13th. Was that right? Uh, yeah, September 13th. And of course the temperatures then were, uh, were not like really super uh, warm either. I mean, on my way across the country, I had a lot of days where the temperatures were 25, 30 degrees. And, uh, you know, the batteries like that warmer temperature. Yeah. And uh, I remember a couple of times I was actually quite shocked that um, 
some of the ranges that I was getting, like going through Ontario, uh, I was getting an effective range of um, easily 400, 425, and twice I got 450 kilometers. And I never even got those chart, th those um, uh, effective ranges, even on my first trip. My best was 420. And, um, you know, even though the Audi, you know, is rated only 320 four kilometers uh, on a full charge, uh, I was always getting higher. And one of the reasons is because when I configured my Audi e-tron, I had a choice of three different wheel and tire options. And um, I chose uh, a 19 inch rim, which is a smaller rim than the 20 and 21 inches that were also available. The other tires that would come with those would be like an all season tire. Whereas the 19-inch came with a, a Bridgestone 001 Alenza tire, which is a true summer tire and <clears throat> geared for EVs and has a much lower rolling resistance than a regular all-season tire. And comparing notes with um, some of the people that I knew from Audi, I was easily getting 10% more range just for that reason alone. So when you think about it, 325 plus another 10%, I mean, that's 350 without even blinking. So that made a big difference in my ranges. And of course I used, knew how to, um, uh, you know, use the mechanics of, of, of the car and learning how to manage ranges. And I was able to eke out better ranges just by the way you drive. So one of the interesting questions I have then is, I mean, obviously you guys had had, had some sort of relationship uh, via phone or email prior to the event, but you really didn't know each other that well when you decided to hop in the car and, and go across the country for five <laughs> days straight. That was that was an interesting gamble. Tell us um, tell us how that went. Well, well my, my, um, yeah, oh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. well, you know, I, you know, I drove uh, from St. John's to Victoria back in 2012. Uh, actually, right today, you know, we were on that route, you know, we we're driving across the country. And the continent, you know, uh, uh, on our 100% level two Sun Country Highway chargers, right? So that was the first um, time an electric car had traveled the country and uh, the first time infrastructure was across any country in the world. And uh, we did it in the middle of winter like you guys did um, to prove that electric cars could, you know, travel the longest, you know, green highway in the world in the middle of uh, the winter. And, and, um, and I preferred this trip much better. Uh, that trip, there was a lot of deadly type of situations, a lot of crazy stuff. Um, I wouldn't let anybody ride in the car with me. It was just too hairy. So, um, but uh, yeah, September is much better than in a Canadian winter. Highly don't recommend the winters. So, yeah. We got lucky. Uh, yeah. Go, Sorry. Go, as, go as ahead, far, Harvey. As far as, uh, you know, having Kent as my co-pilot, first of all, I knew about Kent even before um, you know, I knew him for at least three years. He had an article, there was an article in the Vancouver Sun about the Sun Country Highway. So, you know, I can't remember if there was a picture of you, Kent, um, but you definitely was talked about. And um, if it wasn't for your chargers in the first trip, the 29, when I went in summer of 2019, there would have been absolutely no way for me to complete that trip. Um, you know, all across Northern BC, Ontario, Northern Ontario, especially Newfoundland, um, you know, there was no other options. And um, um, it, 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 if it wasn't for you, Ken, I, I wouldn't have been able to do the trip, period. And then the other um, 
thing is, is that I knew that, um, first of all, I had a lot of respect for you. I knew that you did a lot of driving. I, I just knew that I would trust you when we were driving at night <laughs> and, you know, people were getting sleepy, of course. And uh, I just knew that if you were going to get sleepy or if I was going to get sleepy, we would let each other know to change drivers so we can get the proper rest that we needed and to be safe. So I had that confidence that he was a great driver and that he would he would have his due diligence to to keep us safe. So that that was big. And and just that I just knew that we had a great time and I I couldn't have had a better partner in this trip than you can really honestly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you, Harry. Harvey. Harvey. Um, yeah, Harvey. Yeah. And for me, it wasn't such a big deal. Harvey's a pretty, pretty easy guy to deal with. And uh, I usually, you know, work, you know, 16, 18, 20 hour days anyway. So what's an extra few hours? Um, <laughs> so it really wasn't that big of a deal for me um, uh, to, to sort of hammer it across. But you know, we just really wanted to make sure that we, you know, proved that level three charging, um, and that's what this trip was, was level three. We did level two back in 2012. So, uh, but to prove that you could, you know, travel very far, very fast, and, um, and uh, you know, for those that think they have to charge up their vehicle in five minutes, they, you know, they, I think it's the wrong, it's the wrong narrative. Uh, I think the message is, hey, if you want to travel across the widest part of North America in a few days, you can do it in an electric car, and you can do it for a few hundred bucks. So, uh, obviously, nobody in the right mind would really want to do that. No. So that was really, you know, what this trip proved, right? And and, and really, what you guys proved as well. Um, and this trip was a universal level three, so um, uh, similar but different than than what you guys did. So I have two questions for you, and they kind of dovetail in. First of all, how long did you prepare for the trip? And secondly, because you were just talking about level three charging. Were you trying to use one network exclusively or did you hop around? Because I know there's like, you know, Electrify Canada uh, and there's the ESSO stations as well, or Petro Canada, I should say. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about, you know, the planning stages and, and what charging networks did you hop around or what did you use? Hey, Ken, can I, can I answer that question? Go ahead. For sure. Yep, yeah. Go ahead, Harvey. Okay, first of all, um, there is no one company that I know of that goes from coast to coast right now there isn't so um one thing that i was excited about was that throughout bc electrify um canada was like 100 percent all the way across fantastic and then it's and then there was a couple of stations you know in uh in um actually what i should do is i should start from east to west as we go please do when we when i went through two years ago there were no high-speed chargers in newfoundland zero and then only recently, right after um, like the, the beginning of the summer, was when the Newfoundland Hydro commissioned uh, worked in partnership with ChargePoint to put in not 50 kilowatt stations uh, all across the Trans-Canada Highway and I, I think a few other places in Newfoundland. Um, but there was sufficient chargers all across the Trans-Canada Highway to be able to bypass stations. So there was always a buy and, and always uh, even if you was a charger that didn't work, you could always get to the next station. Um, every single time that I used those stations, they worked flawlessly. They were amazing, and they were actually, which I was quite in, uh, interested. There was, they were sixty-two and a half kilowatt chargers, which is I, I never heard of that before. But yeah, yeah. So anyway, the thing is, I knew that we would have a good chance of of setting a good record because 
where it took me almost like uh, two days to go across, you know, two years ago, we did it in uh, less than 12 hours, you know, with these stations. So that, that and it's 900 kilometers. So we only charged, uh, I think three or, I think it was three times. Let's see, hold it. Uh, one, two, three, four. Yeah. We took four separate station stations to make it across to Port of Basque. And then just before we got on the ferry, uh, we, we filled up before we got on the ferry. So that was five, five stops. Um, and uh, it was just, uh, they were right off the highway. We didn't have to go, you know, a, a few kilometers off. They were right there, super convenient. And they, they, they initiated the charge within literally 15 seconds or less. So, um, and most of our charge times were, um, were I mean, the first one was, was 60 minutes. But that's because I went to a full battery. But other than that, it was 20, 29, 55 um, minutes. And those were fairly, you know, good speed charges. And uh, I was really happy how that went. And um, getting through um, Nova Scotia, uh, we, we, we went into uh, the flow chargers. And, um, and then it was once we got past uh, Moncton, we actually stopped at uh, an Audi dealer where they had a 50 kilowatt charger. Um, there was a, a Petro Canada station in Moncton, but when you talk about the research, on my way across the country from Vancouver, or actually, I started actually in Victoria all the way across, I documented all the charging stations along the way to see where they were located, not just, you know, going through GPS, but to actually see where they were in a big parking lot, because a lot of them are in big parking lots and they're not always easy to find. So getting familiar with every single charge stop made, I thought, a big difference when you when you come back to them, and just to make sure how reliable they were, because there's your you know the um, the reliability of uh, of some stations are definitely better than others. For example, um, when I first started with Electrify America going two years ago, there was lots of issues, and they weren't. I mean, even though I got successful charges. Sometimes it took a lot longer than what you would expect. The, the difference between then and now, massive difference, way more reliable. I, I was really excited to know that Petro Canada had, you know, chargers that were spanning the entire um, country except for Newfoundland. All right. They were all across the country except for Newfoundland. And these were... Uh, usually 150 kilowatts up to 350 kilowatts, which were my car can take 150 kilowatts up to 80 percent. And um, the, a lot of times the chargers were down. I actually blew a fuse when I was in uh, Manitoba. Uh, it was actually funny. I got to tell you this story because it, it's hilarious. I'm coming across. And I, I uh, just before um, Winnipeg, I go into, I think it was in Saskatchewan or just before you get into, Man or just after Manitoba. We're just getting into Manitoba. I charge, I, it charges right away and it's going up to like 140, 150 kilowatts. This guy comes up to me and he says, how do you like the, the, the way your car charges in these chargers? I said, it's been fantastic, it's great. And then just as I said that, <laughs> there was a big, huge bang and oh, the no. pole on the highway basically blew a huge fuse with a huge arc of electricity <laughs> it was hilarious 
And uh, fortunately, you know, I could charge, you know, across the street at um, the, the co-op chargers from uh, uh, the, uh, from Connect, it's called. But it, it was just hilarious. But the point is, is that the petrocanner stations, when they're working, are phenomenal. They're fantastic. I could get my 150 kilowatts and I would get right up to my 80%, right 150 kilowatts all the way. And then it would bring, as you get past 150 sorry, 80%, you know, it'd get to, let's say, 110, you know, 175. Getting into the taper, yeah. Yeah, tapering it off. But usually I would I would cut it out, you know, at 80 or, you know, 90%, you know, working my way across the country. But I had a lot of issues with Petro-Canada. And I would say the reliability factor, you know, just wasn't there. Whereas, you know, when you go to a gas station at Petro-Canada, you just know that it's going to work. And um, when you go to a flow station, if you go to, um, uh, um, you know, some of the other stations that, I, that we went to, you know, like Ivy were really good. Um, and the Electrify Canada I was mentioning are really, really good. Um, and Circuit Electric in Quebec were flawless. Um, and, uh, you know, overall, most of the charging networks were really reliable. And... Um, but Petro Canada was disappointing. I would say the reliability factor was 75, 80%. But we were very fortunate that on the way from Newfoundland to to um, um, to the West Coast, Victoria. to Victoria, I say we only had one issue in Riviera de Lou. Other than that, it was it was great. I mean, we were we got our 150 kilowatts most of the time. And uh, the only time that we didn't get 150 kilowatts when we were taking showers in Medicine Hat, where we actually needed the. You sun. took showers. We, we, we took showers. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are living the life. Take what the hell? <laughs> at about three in the morning, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we only had showers yeah, uh, at the end. <laughs> the, the the car was was uh, charging at 100 kilowatts, and uh, when we got to after we got both our showers, um, you know, it was at 98 percent, you know, the battery. So it worked out really well. And uh, either after that, um, we got 150 kilowatts of power all the way back to, to Victoria. It was, it was awesome. The Electrify Canada stations worked perfectly. Hey, Ian, talk, were, talking about showers, maybe that'll dovetail into one of your questions that you had about how things went camaraderie-wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that well, answers we, one we, of the questions. We did, we only did, you know, we only talked in the car. We got separate showers when we got to Medicine Hill. Well, okay. so it, was a good it goes without saying. <laughs> Just to be very clear. Um, you know, Best Western uh, sponsored our, our trip. Oh, very nice. partners Sun Country Highways oh. for about nine years uh, internationally. And uh, we're right. their exclusive, you know, provider uh, of charging stations and such. But um, they offered, obviously, uh, you know, we could have stayed at other hotels and, and uh, had lots of showers, but that wasn't the plan. So I had a, another question. I'm, I'm sorry to jump in here. These, these things are just coming off the top of my head sure. here. Ian, I'll please jump in. But no, no worries. Go. So you, you guys are talking about your planning stages. Now, forgive me here. I've seen the e-tron. I haven't driven it. Um, does it have charging navigation kind of algorithms and, and mapping and stuff like the Tesla is doing there? Or did you have to use something else? Like Ian and I ended up using a better route planner. Um, which is a fantastic website to plan the trip only because of the fact that it took into account things like temperature, extra weight, 
uh, road conditions and stuff, things that the Tesla doesn't do. I mean, the Tesla is great in terms of like, okay, you type and you go to that charger, it's dead accurate. But the navigation is geared towards trying to reduce the amount of time charging for us. To, you know, if you're in Vancouver and you want to go to Halifax, it always wants to dip down in the States. So I'm curious to, to, to see what tools that you use to actually plan your routes in advance. And was it done in the car or on a phone or a laptop? Like, how did you guys do about that? Okay. Um, Ken, I'm going to have to say that I, I did the planning on this one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Like, uh, initially, a lot, a lot of the planning was, was done, right, you know, with Harvey. And we talked a lot, but uh, he, he did an exceptional job, you know, on that. Um, so, um, uh, but you know, on the route, you know, we used a few different tools, but, uh, yeah, go ahead, Harvey. Yeah. I mean, um, I actually learned a little, a lot from you guys. Okay. In my planning. Uh, and part of that planning was the fact that you took, um, um, you know, you didn't want to charge hundred percent. You wanted to charge, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, or whatever it was and to charge faster and charge more often. Yeah. So I, I really um, learned a, a little bit from that. I you know when my on my first trips that I did, I would charge. I mean, I wasn't in a hurry, right? Uh, the first time, two years ago, I would charge always at one hundred percent. Whether it was at Electrify Canada or sorry, America, when, when I did that fourteen hundred kilometer drive, I did one hundred percent, other than one other other than one time. But um, in this case, the time because because it's kind of a you know you're trying to set a record. You definitely get a higher speed up to 80% on my car anyway. I know that on Tesla's, it kind of tapers off before 80%. Is that right? Yeah, 60 ish, it starts tapering. Yeah. It's worth making that the style is very, very different because you from zero to 80, you're pretty much a steady 150. In the Tesla's, and especially when we're in the center of the country and we have the V3 chargers that are capable of 250 kilowatts, you only get that for, for maybe a minute or two before it's it starts fleeting. to taper down. And once you're past about 50, 60%, you're under 100 kilowatts. So for us, like the magic moment was like the least amount possible. There's plenty of time when we only went to 45, 50%, and then we would go down into the 5% range. And what I thought when I looked at your charging log, you guys were often over 20, or you were arriving with 20 or 30%. But on the e-tron, that's not really a penalty because you can charge up to 80 and you're still going at 150. So as long as you're anywhere between zero and, and 80%, you're getting the same charge rate. So you can be much looser about what your departure and arrival SOCs are. It's uh, it's one of the nice features of that car. And, yeah, it's and, a totally and, different uh, experience than driving Teslas, uh, which I've had for a decade, right? So um, yeah, the, the the charging on the on the Audi was definitely different uh, different than the Tesla. Yeah, and, and anyway, the uh, so what I did was I just, um, I, I used a lot before, like the tool of um, uh, Google Maps, right? And there I could see the distances, the specific different distances between the different charging points. And I, you know, I, I take a look at my range, um, which, uh, you know, I, I don't want to, um, I didn't want to take any chances of, um, barely making it there. So I knew that I wanted to charge more often as well. So in case there was um, a faulty charger um, where it wasn't working at all, or it was going really slow, that there was another option. So um, so that had a lot to do with it. And the, the thing is, is that compared to two years ago, where there was no other option, if that charger wasn't working, I would be stuck. Yeah. Period. Where... Um, 
with the charging infrastructure uh, that existed uh, now, I mean, th that's the other thing that, that it was the purpose of, was to show people that, you know, there's, there's no real range anxiety anymore because you have options. And there's so, it, it, and it's only going to get better and better and better. So I, the, the way I used the planning was I, I, I spent a lot of time on Google Maps trying to figure out where the right chargers I wanted. I was always targeting the 150 kilowatt capable chargers. And the only places really that um, didn't have them was Newfoundland. But there's no other options for anybody else, including Tesla. You know, they're going to have to be using those same chargers. And uh, I think the Audi in this particular case, which you just uh, mentioned, Trevor, was the fact that it accepts a charge, uh, the highest rate of charge, right up to 80%. Yeah. And even after 80%, it's still charging, you know, at 120, 100, 100, and then 90. I mean, it's still great. And so that's why the new, going across Newfoundland worked out really, really well. And it was once we got past uh, Moncton and into Fredericton, we were targeting always 150 kilowatt chargers. And the only area where it was an issue was between uh, Ottawa, which was the last electrify Canada, which was the only electrify Canada station in Ontario that we chose because we weren't going Southern Ontario. It was on Ottawa. And then after that, it was Ivy. And then it was some other uh, company called um, uh, Jewels, which I never heard of before. And that was a totally different type of charge. And then uh, th that, that was a bit of a, of a struggle. But once we got to Sudbury, where we're back into electric, you know, Petro-Canada, Petro uh, we got our 150 kilowatts all the way across to Medicine Hat, pretty much. It, it's funny you mentioned that because it kind of mirrors some of the troubles that Ian and I had encountered. Now, we kind of chalk it up to, you know, early teething problems, I think, with the superchargers. But Northern Ontario, lots of problems with getting power to those little... <laughs> Yeah. Those little towns. I mean, they're supposed to be V3s, and with the V3s with Teslas, each one of them is dedicated to 150 kilowatts. So if you're pulling in five of them or four of them, I mean, you're talking a megawatt worth of energy. I don't think they were pulling in a megawatt on those ones. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. FineLab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. Well, yeah, just, just like I, I uh, blew that fuse in... Uh... I think it was, um, let's see uh, here. Eastman, was it? Or it was in Whitewood, Saskatchewan. That's, that's yeah. where I had that issue. And we went back there, um, and uh, that time the, the charger worked fine, you know. But, uh, uh, Kent, I, I think you, you actually talked to somebody from Petro-Canada to, to make sure that these chargers would be as as good as they could be did you i think you talked to somebody to help with with the planning of making sure that those chargers would be reliable right right yeah like it was um um you know they're 
level three is new, right? When it first came out, uh, Sun Country Highway didn't jump into it because uh, we didn't want people to have a negative experience, to be honest. And but now they're really, really reliable. So we're we're starting to roll them out now, and um, and um, and it's 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 going to be good. But um, a lot of the fifty kilowatts are really going to be like dinosaurs because. Uh, uh, you know, uh, do you really want to spend an hour and a half at a charger? Or do you want to spend 20, 30 minutes, right? And and so most people will will um, just go to the 150s moving forward. Um, I think most of the people that spent their money on the 50 kilowatts, which, you know, a lot of them are pretty expensive, um, at, you know, um, are going to have a hard time getting their money out of it. Um, you know, like I, I just drove from say, Saskatoon to Calgary the other day and uh, coming pure on, purely on Tesla superchargers and, and um and it was 12 hours, right? So coming through the south, through Medicine Hat, um, and uh, going north through Edmonton, it was about, say, uh, you know, 14, a bit longer than that. But uh, if uh, they went straight through between Calgary and, and Saskatoon, it would only take about, say, eight hours, right? But, um, you know, it's, it's you guys are aware, right? You know, it's painful when you're on long trips at 50 kilowatts. And, mm. you know, here here I am, you know, when we launched ours 10 years, nine years ago, we were at 20 kilowatts. And that was blistering fast compared to six kilowatts, which everybody else's charging network in North America was, um, uh, although they, they, you couldn't travel on them. Um, but, yeah, like it's, it's um, um, you know, 150 is really... Uh, I think it's a sweet spot yeah. um, to be able to hit 150 and take it right on through to 80 and, and maybe even 90. But a lot of ours on the Petro Canada's were, uh, you know, we we're pretty much filled, you know, close to 90, you know, 90 plus, you know, like it, it, it was really good um, compared to, um, you know, the Tesla superchargers or, or, or the other, the other chargers out there, as you said, you know, in Tesla superchargers are fast for a few minutes and then it just drops right down. Like this latest trip was on, it's, you know, 20 40 50 kilowatts at a time like pretty pretty slow but uh the trip across canada with harvey was just it's pretty nice yeah no 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 question about it i mean um when i totaled it up i, I did a little stats comparison of my own and what i worked out was you guys managed to achieve um approximately 17.2 minutes of charging per 100 kilometers and we were uh 14.5 so not a big difference it's only about a 15 percent difference so it, it shows you how far um, the the competing networks have come in, in charging capability in the cars themselves, you know, and, and the fact that the that the Audi can pull that, you know, high charge rate for such long periods of time, it puts them right in the same zone in terms of you know pretty much how much time it takes you to, to charge on a trip like that. It's really impressive. Yeah, the new Audis can do what two fifty in the Porsche, I think can do two fifty. So it's only gonna get better, right? Yep. Yeah, well, this is it. And, you know, and Hyundai now is targeting 350. And I mean, the numbers are just going up and up and up and up. So, yeah, key is at 350. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it won't be too long. I, I suspect the next step for Tesla will be around 350, especially with the new 4680 battery cells that are coming because they can take really high C rates on those, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, um, I would agree. Now, now Electrified Canada did have the 350 kilowatts, right? Um, that's um, true. You know, charges, yeah. right? But we just couldn't, we couldn't accept the charge. Yeah. Yeah, the the Taycan can take four three fifty somewhere around there. Two seventy. Two seventy. We'll say, yeah, okay, there it is. Two seventy. They started, I think, at three fifty, and now they throttled it back yeah. to two seventy. I think they had some concerns about the heating at three. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, 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 it's um, if they can take two seventy, which is amazing. That's yeah. If, if it's two seventy for a long period of time, that's plenty quick. Oh yeah. 
So a qu quick observation. I, I want to see if you guys kind of agree with Ian and I. Doesn't it feel like driving through Ontario is just like a never-ending story? <laughs> well, I've been doing it so many times now that, you know, just like when, when you've um, done it as many times as I have, because I did it, you know, when I was very young, and, and uh, I always make fun of uh, Wawa, Ontario, because they call it Wawa because of, you know, Wawa, like that. <laughs> but um, once you do it a few times, like, I mean, I've done it now four, there and back, there and back four times, like, um, in, in within two years. I, I just, you actually get more familiar with the territory. It doesn't seem as long. Okay. But right. when you're first going, it just seems like it's going forever and ever and ever. Well, when, when, when you talk about like the internal coastline, you know, from basically the Halifax to, to Vancouver Point, out of the 6,000 kilometers, Ontario is 2,000 of it. You know, this is what people don't appreciate. You look at it on the map, it's like, nah, it looks like it's, you know, it's proportional, but it's because you have to go around the Great Lakes. It just, it's so long. But I, I will say, I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I thought. I thought it was a beautiful, beautiful part of the country. Oh, it is. Yeah, country. Highway 17 is beautiful. It, you know, it's just a continuous, long, sinewy set of these these long, sweeping curves. I mean, it was it was even fun to drive. I I never used the autopilot going through there. I was just put to the floor, steering the thing myself, and we, having a great could, time. I, I love it. couldn't use autopilot on some of the Let me correct you. It, it, it's over 7,000 kilometers, not six. Oh, all right. All right. Okay. The, the but mind you, but maybe, but from Halifax, yes, six thousand. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if we look yeah. at the interior portion of the country, it yeah, represents right. literally a third of it. You know, and even even if you add, you know, the the bookends uh, like you guys did to, to get the every single kilometer of the full Trans Canada, it's still you know close to thirty. It's thirty percent. It's pretty significant. Yeah. But but do know that we didn't we didn't stay on the Trans Canada Highway all the way. I mean, there were sections that we didn't go on the Trans Canada Highway. But it was important to go from one end to the other. And, you know, if we would have taken the Trans-Canada Highway all the way, and I think this is important to mention this, because to if somebody wants to break our record, which I'm sure it will be broken, um, to, to verify that you're on the Trans-Canada Highway would be very difficult. Because it's, you can definitely go faster by taking different routes. And the best example is going from Kamloops, BC to Hope, BC. Mind you, now you can't even take the Coquihalla because you can't, it's yeah. impassable because of the natural disasters last week. But the, at the time, and we always- demand as well. Yeah, is yeah. that you, you, first of all, the speed limit on the, on the Coquihalla is 120 kilometers an hour, which means you can be legal, you know, going a little bit over, right? And you're, it, it would take three to four hours faster to, to go to Kamloops via tr the Coquihalla, right? So that's that's significant. The other difference, the Trans-Canada Highway, um, when you get into Vancouver, to, to you'd have to go to Nanaimo, and then Nanaimo down the, the, the southern part of Vancouver Island into Victoria, and that's another um, three, four hours added on. So, it wouldn't sound good if it was over five days. We did it in four days and 18 hours and some odd out, you know, in 25 minutes or whatever. But including the I think it's I think it, I think part of the strategy yeah. for somebody to do it in the future is that they, you know, it's easy to, to, to document the starting point and the finish point. They can make whatever route they want to take as whatever strategy they want to take as long as they stay in Canada. 
and then they can take whatever route they want. And of course, the best route for the majority of the time is the Trans Canada. Mm -hmm. But we actually took um, a slightly shorter route when we went through to go through Montreal. We didn't want to actually go through Montreal. Um, you took the we went 30 through, south? Uh, we went through Quebec City and then through Ottawa on the north side of the St. Lawrence River, which I thought was a bit shorter. Mm. So that's why we did that. Yeah. So it was, a little, yeah, it was a little bit different than my first trip, you know, nine years ago, where we did every single inch of the Trans-Canada Highway. Um, but then we were rolling at the Chargers. We had full control of that. Um, where yeah. this one, it was, you know, that was a discussion we were going back and forth on is, do we do every inch like we did nine years ago? Um, or do we just go from point A to point B, which is what we decided to do? And, yeah. uh, and it's the actually other... better that way. You can actually see some some nicer area. There's certain sections of the Trans-Canada that are not as nice as, as other roads that are going parallel to them. There's some interesting milestones. In and I think it would be remiss if I didn't bring up the website very quickly. Just talk about it real quick. Again, I'll put a link in the uh, video description. You guys can check it out at uh, Mary Ann's Electric Drive. Now, here on the front page, Ian, you probably recognize that middle picture right at the top there, the center of Canada. I certainly do, sir. <laughs> we, we blew right past that. And I was like, yeah. what the hell is that? And we did a UE, we came back and we stopped, took a few pictures and yeah. got the hell back on the road. So I, I, I was kind of half asleep and I woke up and said, Trev, I, I promised the guy here That's in, in Winnipeg, we take, yeah, it was, it was the, it was the journalist from Winnipeg who had asked if we could get a shot there type of thing, or that that's where he was going to meet us type of thing. And I, I just woke up right at the moment and said, turn the car around. We got to go get a picture there. <laughs> um, speaking. What do, you, what, do you, what do you guys think of that photo? I mean, it's cool. That was, that was, that, no, no, I know you yeah. guys went off the highway there and took a, a long well, shot. No, that's that, really that nice. That picture actually was, was taken two years ago when I went, did the trip the first time. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I recognize that because you don't have the graphics on the car. It's not wrapped. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is how I did it is um, there is a service road between the Trans-Canada Highway and the, that display. Yeah, I remember it. All right. Yeah. Yep. And I, there's a, a ditch between the Trans-Canada Highway and that service road. Uh, yeah, I remember and it. The ditch, and I wanted to line up the car exactly the way you see That's it. It's a great way. And to do that, I had to wade through this ditch that was filled with water. I wanted to make sure there was no alligators in there. <laughs> yeah, they're and, big yeah, in Manitoba, I don't think so. And I and I waded. I, I, you know, I was in shorts, so it was no big deal. I, I just waded through the uh, the thing and the, through and, and came up the other side of the of the um, uh, of the ditch and got to the exact. Um, uh, height of the car and the sign. It it's, just it's a, it's, a, really it's nice. a great shot. By, by the way, if you go to the website, they have a link here on the bottom right uh, called Follow on Polar Steps Photo Journal. Uh, the first time we actually saw this is when we had um, uh, Roman and Guillaume, remember, who did the Portugal to uh, Norway trip, and they, they did something similar yeah. on this website. Highly recommend you guys go and uh, check out this website. Again, links will be in the video description. You can check it out. But they documented um, right from, from start to finish, and they've got this really neat little timeline here at the top, and unfortunately, it looks like it's not working. So just give me a second here. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you may not see exactly what I'm talking about here. Let me just bring up the website so you can see it. There we go. Okay. So they've got this really neat timeline. You can start on the left and you can scroll. And as you scroll, it loads the, um, the, the, uh, the blog post that they did along the way. And on the right-hand side, they got this really cool map um, that geo, geotags everything that they went. So anyways, it's really cool. It's a really cool website. Next time we ever do a trip, I'm definitely using this for something that we're doing. Yeah, it's super impressive. It makes it so fun to scroll through. It's like yeah, you're you guys took way more pictures than we ever did. 
We were hightailing what, what, it. Uh, the, um, I found out I, I when I was first documenting my trip two years ago, I wanted to find. Um, I never heard about polar steps, and I googled. You know, I, I wanted to um, let people know where I was in real time, and I I googled some search words and polar steps came up and it was way better than i ever imagined and one of the things that i um i was planning to do on my website was to have a daily blog but to do a daily blog with photos and everything on a website it just takes forever to do it i mean hours and hours and i just i was having the first four days of my trip two years ago was all consumed by doing this log and i wasn't having fun and with polar steps, I could take pictures, do videos right on the polar steps as well. You can do videos, and as long as a minute less, a minute or less, and uh, you can write a little story or a little a little story or a long story. You can add as many pictures as you want, and it identifies where you took those pictures in real time. And it was just a great tool. And I turned so many people onto polar steps that it's it's just it's just an amazing website, and it's totally. Free. Yeah, that's really cool. And their catch on how they make money is that you can actually order a hardcover book with all the colors, all, all the pictures you took, with all the dialogue that you did, and have it on your coffee table. Oh, that's a great idea. Wow. So I wish I knew about this. We've we got to do the trip again just so we can get the book. I know. You know we, yeah. we used an app on our phone, well, on my phone, called Glimpse, which gave everybody like a live view of where we were going on the highway. And, um, of course... There were some times where people were like, what the hell are you guys doing? Because, of course, I'd have my phone in my pocket, so we would go charge, and I'd go into the bathroom. Remember that? Listen, people were like, what are you guys listen, doing? You're like, are you guys doing laps at the hotel? <laughs> anyway, I highly recommend anybody that's, is, who's um, a traveler that um, uh, whether they travel on a holiday for a weekend, for a month, for a year – they, they can document their whole trip so easily by taking photos, write a little blurb, um, and do a little video, and it's all included, and, and it's free. Um, it's such, and, and here's the thing, is a lot of people are, are nervous about, you know, what they publish online. And what, with this Polar Steps is that you can um, send links to those people only who you want to see it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be made completely public. On mine, I did make it completely public because I definitely wanted to promote my wife's favorite charity, Blood Plug. And um, but the thing is, is that it's uh, it's just a great tool. And um, if somebody wants to follow you, you have to give permission to that person to follow you as well. So you know there is a good, better control than let's say, you know, Instagram or Facebook or something like that. It's it, it's more selective, you could say. Yeah, the uh, the um, you know the uh, St. John's uh, shots there that that you had on Polish sets at the start there were were pretty cool. So like, God bless you guys for doing what you did from Halifax to, to Vancouver. Um, you know, it really needed to be you know expressed because uh, really before that it was you know our level two charging network that we did you know almost a decade ago, right? And um, and we 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 could have done it in about two weeks. 
um, you know, on that 100 amp charging network. But um, uh, but we did 30 days, but it would have been nice to do two months to sort of get the word around the world more because that electric cars existed and they could actually travel and they could travel in, you know, Canada's winter, et cetera. Um, but, um, you know, I would highly recommend um, if people do this, they, they go all the way to St. John's because especially if they're Canadians, but uh, even if not, you know, St. John's, Victoria, you see so much more in that extra little uh, stretch on both ends. But being Canadian and knowing about Terry Fox and going to that same exact spot that he launched from. And, and it was really cool on this trip because I did it. I did that, you know, uh, when we launched, um, you know, almost 10 years ago uh, from the same spot. But this time we actually uh, met a commissioner's Bella that was there when Terry Fox took off. Oh, wow. And that was pretty amazing. You know, he was saying like, here, here comes this kid uh, with one leg and he's talking about running all across Canada, a marathon a day. And he goes, I looked at him and I didn't even think he was going to make the next town. Like, you know, how <laughs> could anyone do this? And, and, you know, for him to be able to, um, you know, do what he did and even get halfway across the country was just miraculous. Right. But to, but to be Canadian and be able to launch from that same, you know, same footprint basically is where he was, is, is pretty cool. And they have uh, some, you know, quite a bit of information about Terry Fox at, at, uh, at that spot in, um, in St. John's. So I uh, definitely, definitely would recommend that as well. Mm-hmm. Visited Newfoundland for the first time on a motorcycle trip uh, this past summer, and I fell head over heels in love with the place. My God, are they incredible people. I mean, you know, it's like everybody says the, the Newfies are the most welcoming people in Canada, and man, do they ever blow by your expectations. Like the bar for me was set high, and they were just incredible. I loved every minute of staying there. And it's so much more beautiful you know, like everybody talks about the place. Well, the rock. Oh, you got to go to the rock, you know, and you have this impression of it just being like basically rock, trees and bears, you know, like, wow, Moose. where's 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 the sizzle in that state, you know, <laughs> but you go and oh, my God, is it so beautiful? I mean, there's parts of it, I would say, driving through the more mountainous ranges where we went off, you know, we went off main highways and explored the back roads and it looks like parts of the Alps and areas. It's just stunning. It is a gorgeous province. It's on my bucket yeah. list. I plan on, well, do, I, I plan uh, on doing a very year, long um, trip eventually. But, you know, when, when I first went, um, well, two years ago, again, going through Newfoundland, um, I going through Cornerbrook, I didn't even expect this um, ski resort called Marble Mountain. I'm not sure if you guys know that there's one of the best ski resorts in eastern Canada. It's probably the best ski resort east of the Rockies, right in Newfoundland. And they're getting all these storms coming in, tons of great powder snow. And I never even knew the place existed. And I'm driving by and I had to stop off and I'm this guy that I bumped into the sales manager. Um, he told me about Grossmore National Park, which I never even heard of either. And Grossmore National Park is one of the highlights of Newfoundland. And he said, you have to go, you have to go. And uh, so I went the following day and uh, or say that, that evening. Actually, there was no charger at the time. Um, well, I don't know. There was a Sun Country Highway charger at the Wing It restaurant in um, uh, Deer Lake, right, which is just just north of Cornerbrook. And uh, but I needed, I, I, I decided to, um, you know, I needed a full charge, and I wasn't going to stay overnight in the Wing It restaurant. But there was, uh, you know, a few times I I charged at um, the campground. And there was this campground called Gateway to the North. 
and they have 1540 NEMA plugs, you know, to power RVs and stuff. And my Audi charger, EV, my cable plugs right into that. And I'm able to, and I purposely purchased uh, from MEC a, uh, a, a sleeping bag and tent. And cause I knew that I needed to possibly, you know, have my car charging overnight, you know, at a campground. So, because there's, there's not every hotel, you know, had, uh, had chargers, you know, to, to be overnight. Thanks to you, Kent. That was awesome. <laughs> so many hotels that I stayed at across that country, across the country, you know, had your chargers and it just made my trip so much easier, you know, but the point is, is that yeah. uh, gross Morn gross Morn was just amazing. And, and, uh, I went back again with my with my brother this you know this past summer, and we we did some really nice hiking and you know you can spend a whole week in Grossmore National Park, and it's the it's the the crust of the earth is right there the actual crust of the earth that you can walk on, it's amazing. Sounds interesting. Um, yeah, it's definitely better to take a three day trip across the country than than a day trip. So much better. Oh. We're having some technical difficulties there with the streaming. Um, question for you guys. Did you guys run into our friends uh, Rolf and Silka on the on the West Coast, the guys with the Model X who did the uh, trip in, I think it was around 2016, 2016. or early 2016 with their camper? Man, those were really trying times back in the day. No superchargers. Very few superchargers back in the day. Well, that's it. They would have been doing it mostly on, on level, level two. Level two, yeah, campground. Uh, like, well, you know, like in, in Ken's spirit, it was, it was a very pioneering effort at that point. They were doing a lot of campgrounds and things to fill in. They, they had a very relaxed schedule. They took months and months and months to do it. And it was mostly a road show, you know, again, to promote EVs. But they weren't really trying to set a record. They really wanted to just meet the maximum number of people possible and show that it was possible to travel, you know, in a leisurely fashion. So Great people. Hope yeah, to see them really again. Are. Yeah. yeah, I actually had dinner at their house in Victoria uh, when, we did, when we did get down there. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, they're a beautiful couple. They really are. Absolutely. I think, well, we're getting up, uh, we're at the top of the hour now. So I'm just curious, um, now that you've done the trip, anything that you learned along the way that you would say would be improved maybe the next time you would do it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I was just saying back in 2012 when we installed the, the chargers along the whole length, we wanted to make sure that we had enough that if we if one charger wasn't there when we got there, wasn't working, the snowplow hit it, you know, um, we could still get to the next charger. And that's really important for anybody traveling in an electric vehicle is don't risk it. Don't leave it to the very last. Don't bypass a charger to get to another one. Um, you know, make sure that you have that extra that, that, that extra buffer, um, because it's not fun to, to, to run out of charge somewhere. Um, but for the most part, you know, the, the vehicles nowadays are coming with faster chargers on board, you know, 350 kilowatt, um, uh, vehicles. So obviously it would be better to go with the faster uh, charging vehicle, um, than, uh, than say at 150 max. And, um, and, you know, September is a good time because it's, it's off shoulder season. Um, and it's, it's, it's sort of, not, it's sort of not too hot, not too cold. You don't really need the heater much. You really don't need the air conditioner much. Um, but, um, you know, there's a lot of little things uh, that, uh, that, you know, there's 101 different little things you can do, right? But um, uh, for the most part, uh, you shouldn't uh, <laughs> uh, test a new, a new technology. So we, we tried one charger and that was, uh, it would have been better to, you know, maybe bypass that. You know, if you're going to go for a speed record, 
Um, and um, and it's only going to get easier and better, right? With the chargers that are there, they're going to get more reliable. Um, the customer service is going to be better on all of those charging networks on the level three. And um, and uh, there's going to be more of them. So it, it's, you know, somebody's going to be able to do this in less than four days. Uh, Any other electric vehicles that you'd like trips, to do a trip like this with? I mean, considering that there's more stuff on the market now, I mean... There's, I would like to, there's so many. I know which like one you want to use. Um, you know, I can't really, you know. Most, you know. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. well, the, 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 the Audi GT would be nice. Uh, the Porsche would be nice. Um, but there's so many more coming out, like the Kia, you know, can get up to 350, you know. So, uh, you know, the Hummer's coming out soon. The Cybertruck, um, well, um, I'm not certain when it's going to arrive, but uh, I, I do have one on order or two. So, um, you know, we'll sort of see, but other, yeah, again, there's 101 different ways of, of, of traveling, but <laughs> definitely, uh, don't push it if you don't need to enjoy Canada because it's gorgeous. Okay, well, so, I, Harvey, if I was going to do it to again, I, I would, um, I, I probably would do it, um, maybe the first week of June before the big rush. And there you have more maximum time dry, driving during the, uh, the daytime, daytime hours. And that means also warmer temperatures as well, which would help with range and, and charging speed as well. So I, I think the time of, of year would, would be the best, uh, would, would be uh, would still not having the rush of the, the summer traffic. I think if you do it at the beginning of June, you still have a lot of great daylight hours. Uh, I think that would be number one. Uh, however, there is snow in, in June or May 2-4 weekend, right? It would ideally be better before May 2-4 weekend on traffic-wise, but uh, but there has been snow in, in some provinces in June, right? Mm-hmm. On my trip uh, to Labrador, Newfoundland, the first week of June, both those areas got snow. It's like, oh, well, it's a good thing we didn't go early. It's terrifying. Well, yeah, the thing is, believe. if you go through Alberta, you, you cannot... Uh, count on not getting snow any month of the year. So I mean, it's just it's just, it's yeah. just the, the luck of the draw. You know, there's yeah. c- certain things that that you just have to uh, hope that you know the luck is on your side. I mean, anything could happen. I mean, torrential rainstorms. I mean, huge um, flooding in uh, BC. Who'd have thought? Flooding in BC. Yeah. I mean, yeah. flooding I mean, in Newfoundland. We very uh, fortunate. Just got like that. Yeah, I think we were very fortunate on our trip that uh, you know I didn't even know that the the distance from when we were going through the rockies going from golden sorry from um lake louise to golden there they actually um a few days later they closed that road did you and we we talked about that they were doing a big huge reno you know of of the trans canada highway there massive construction and they were rerouting people down to Radium Hot Springs and coming back up through Golden that way. And had we left four or five days later, we would have had to make that detour. That would have been a massive disruption in, in our overall time, you know? So now, question, when did you guys go through Northern Ontario? Was it night or day? Most of the night. Both. Most, yeah, the night. Yeah, Middle was, of the night. You didn't pass many gas stations, did you, that were open? No. We saw but nothing. All the that was and that, and that's uh, that's an interesting point, and that's something that yeah. we do mention to people because, <clears throat> you know, it, it, you're going in the middle of the night, th- two, three o'clock in the morning, in some of these uh, northern places, and you need fuel. You're out of luck. And the yeah. nice thing about the chargers is that yeah. they're always open. They're open twenty four seven. Exactly. And that and that was a real yeah, eye I mean, opener because yeah. you know we, yeah, we've been driving like been driving Teslas for like four years now. 
and you forget all about the gas station situation, right? And some people say, oh, well, you lose electricity, you can't charge. Well, guess what? You can't fill your pump either, buddy. That's exactly right. Yeah, I had my big epiphany in Northern Ontario and it was just like we were driving hours and hours and hours and hours and not one gas station was open. And I said, you know what? We just hit a bit of a milestone here because, you know, you can travel across the country in a few days and you can also travel across it, you know, fairly conveniently. And it's actually safer to travel across it in an electric vehicle because they're always open and you're not going to get stranded as much. Mm -hmm. So uh, about two hours after that uh, epiphany, uh, you know, um, um, Harvey was driving and I had, I had just fallen asleep and, and Harvey goes, Hey, hey, wake up, wake up. There's something on the road. And I looked up and it was a wolf eating something. <gasps> and, uh, and he goes, what was it eating? And I said, I think it looked like a gas car driver <laughs> you know, ran out of fuel and he was walking, you know? So, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's actually safer in a lot of cases to travel in an electric vehicle, um, um, you know, in regards to getting fuel, right. And not, not getting stuck on the side of the road. So, um, yeah, so just an interesting, well, you know, you talk about safer, how many times have you driven in the summertime and seen a car pulled over the side of the road with their hood up because their radiator blew up, yeah. you know, I mean, you're never going to have that problem with electric car. I mean. When you look at all the systems that a nice vehicle has to go wrong compared to electric vehicle, it's like hardly there's nothing to go wrong, really. I mean, relatively speaking. So when you think about not just getting gas or electricity, at, you know, late at night, but just your overall downtime for some mechanical issue, you're, you're just not going to have those issues. Yeah, well, we all know that. Well, BC right now, um, you know, they've been fuel rationing the last week, right? Mm. A few people went across the border and got hit with a $5,000 fine uh, because they were just going over to fill up their car, right? And and so, um, you know, who would have thought, right? Yeah, I've seen there's, um, I think it's the Vancouver uh, Electric Vehicle Organizations put a call out to its members, you know, to volunteer and assist people who are need to get places and, and don't have any fuel. And it's, it's, it's lovely to see that, you know, that people recognize the advantage of this and are using it to help everybody else out. It's a great gesture on their part. Yeah, the Viva Club and the Victoria um, Club are, are have always been awesome. You know, yeah, individuals, really you know, trying to trying to help everybody out. You know, great yeah. volunteers. We electric like drivers got to stick clubs. together, you know, and help everybody out. I got to make a quick shout out to Buddy Boyd. And yes. uh, do you guys know who he is? Mm, he that that um, I found out about Viva when, oh, okay. when I was looking on doing research from two years ago. And I saw, you know, his uh, his pictures on uh, some YouTube channel or some Facebook. Um, he had a, this. Uh, he was driving across um, the country um, with his dog and his wife. I should say his wife and his dog. And, <laughs> and he was in Newfoundland. He had, you know, it was Bolt. He had a Chevy Bolt and he, he uh, Chevy Bolt. And his website, I think, is or his Facebook is Bolt Across Canada. Oh yes, I remember that. Here before I did my trip, I remember that. And uh, so he had this massive sticker on the rear quarter panel of his car saying Viva, and I had no idea what Viva was. And I looked it up, and it was the Vancouver Electric Vehicle Association. And within the day, I signed up for it, and they were really helpful in helping me plan my trip and learning more about EVs and getting support from all the members and it, it's been a great, um, you know, uh, resource for anybody that's interested in electric vehicles. 
and the future of sustainable electric, electric, you know, sustainable transportation. We should also give a good yeah, shout out to our friends at uh, at EV Society as well. Oh yeah, totally. Right. Like, there's so many amazing, amazing clubs yeah. around the world. You know, all the Tesla clubs as well. Atlanta, and, Canada. Group. You know, if it wasn't for these people, we wouldn't we wouldn't have EV adoption where it is at, and we wouldn't really have much of a hope of solving climate change, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, hats off to everybody, even if you've only put an hour in, good on you, you know, spread the word of those clubs and get it out there. And, and, and um, yeah, they really make the, you know, the, the experience so much better for, for new people. And, and then that, that ripples around the world. So, and, and we did see uh, Buddy, actually, when we struck, we, we charged in Salmon Arm at Electrify Canada Station. And uh, I don't know why he was there, you know, that day, I can't remember. But he was there, and uh, was first oh, time. Oh, he yeah. He, he took some video of us because I was notified. I met him because when he went across the country, he was mostly charging under chargers, right? So um, uh, he did the whole Trans Canada as well. So when I was coming through, he said, "Let me know, and I'll take a video of you guys driving past." So uh, he did that, and then they followed us to the Electrify Canada station. Excellent. Yeah, and and then he he actually we were also together uh, uh, the week later. I was invited to go to the Sunshine Coast EV Society, where they had a big, huge um, day of uh, showing everybody's EVs, and it was their most popular. Um, you know, they do it. They do it every year in September, towards the end of September, and uh, I was so happy to go. And Buddy was parked right next to my car, so it was great to spend even more time with him. Excellent. And it, it was a great day. It was a great day. Oh, we love car shows. Well, we're the getting unique one about that one. Yeah. I will say is they went across Canada without any garbage. It was a zero waste tour all the way there and back. Um, so they even took a little composter to you know compost oh. their food and stuff, oh, cool. right? Like it was wow. amazing. You know what they did? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, that's Buddy and Bart. <laughs> Lovely. Just I know we're we're coming close to running out of time. I yeah. had one more thing about the the route planning, though, that I think anybody who who did what you guys did and incorporated the ferries, I think, would want to know is how did you time it so that you would arrive at that last possible minute at the ferries? Because <laughs> mm. that would be stressing the crap out of me. I and mean, like you don't want to waste any time hey, waiting for the hey, ferry. Harvey, right? Don't get anyone I, I fired. Have to okay, add, I'm I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> okay, um, that was um, a big hurdle actually, and. And uh, I knew that we, if, if we went, one of the benefits of going from west to east is that overall you have the prevailing wind to help you, right? Okay, so that kind of makes sense. Plus, if I'm from Vancouver, it just kind of makes sense for me to go that way as well. And I, that's the way I was planning on going. And I knew that there's only two sailings a day going from... Um, Sydney, Nova Scotia, North Sydney to Port of Basque, right? And if you're missing, you have to be there two hours in advance, okay? And if you're, there's no guarantee that if you're 10 minutes late, they won't let you on that boat or that ferry. And that means you could be wasting 12 hours yeah. for the next ferry. And that would put a huge dent in your time. That's a lot of prevailing wind uh, benefit, yeah, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, by going, so when when we decided to go from east to west, and partly because, you know, I wanted to visit my family and friends, and it just made sense for me to see my family and friends in the summertime when the days are long, and, and I just thought it just made sense to now go from east to west, even despite the prevailing winds 
which possibly would be against us. And we did have some pretty heavy-duty winds going from um, uh, just outside of Winnipeg, right, you know, right to Saskatoon. We were really heavy, even going into Medicine Hat. We were going against the wind all the way yeah. there. And yeah, well, even, even Calgary, really yeah, right up, yeah, right up to yeah. Calgary from Winnipeg, it was bad. Yeah. yeah, once we got past Calgary, it wasn't so bad. But, you know, I was watching the prevailing winds, you know, going from east, west to east. And there were days where you would think you'd be going with the wind, but you were going against the wind. So it's a, really a crapshoot as well. But the biggest benefit of going from east to west is to time the ferry. Yeah, from Porto from from Porto Bass to Sydney. So I, w I, I didn't want to get to the ferry too early to wait in line, right? And I didn't want to be there too late that I would miss it. So by being able to calculate how long it would take us to get to the ferry made a massive difference. We actually timed it just really perfect. So you were and, there just like just two hours before on the almost? Well, um, Kent may not like me to say this, but <laughs> don't get anyone fired. Called, I'm going to listen. I, I don't mind telling our secrets because, yeah. you know, there's always going to be other factors involved. But I, I originally called the, um, you know, to make a reservation. I did call um, the, uh, the office to make my reservation. And I said, mm -hmm. if I'm an hour late, you know, can I get some sort of reprieve because I'm trying to do this speed thing? And they said no, right? Okay. And then I asked them again about a few days prior, and I got a positive response from this really nice lady. Uh -huh. And they let us um, get onto that ferry an hour and a half later than we had to be there. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and and we that allowed us, yeah. to, once we got to Porto Basque, to charge the car 100%, and we got on that ferry um you know 45 minutes in advance instead of two hours in advance so that was an hour and 15 minutes saved which meant i knew that i could we could leave st john's an hour later which would take a full hour off our time excellent Ah, now well, it all makes sense because I was looking at your time. I'm thinking, I couldn't. It's like, how well, did they get there two hours my, ahead? I, I'm okay. giving away my secrets. Okay, Kent, sorry. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, there's, I, I know it's going to get beat anyway. And you, you may get lucky with talking to Marine Atlantic ferries, or you may not. I was okay. a smooth talker, I guess. So you may have to be smooth talking the right person at the right time. But normally, you don't yeah. get that reprieve. No. And we were, yeah. and when we got off that ferry um, in in North Sydney, we did not have to look for a charger. We were full. We went all the way through Nova Scotia, um, right through to uh, just before we got to New Brunswick, where we had to charge. Yes. And and then that took us to Moncton, and then Moncton. Once we got past Fredericton, we were 150 kilowatts per hour all the way until we got just past Ottawa. And then it was great. You know what we got to do now is we got to convince the ferry companies to offer, you know, level two charging on board. How cool would that be? We've talked yeah, about we that. Talked to, yeah. yeah, we talked to BC Ferries about eight years ago about doing that, you know, and uh, just wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't a, a big enough priority for them at that time. But it would be very nice, you know. So, but I will say that, you know, uh, now that Harvey sh shared the secret, 
uh, the really nice lady is probably going to get fired because uh, 3,000 <laughs> other people name. say, hey, I'm going to race across That's Canada. True. I need yeah. I need that. Uh, but so she won't I don't be want to get her in spring. trouble. So, you, you know, you're probably not going to please, you know, get please everybody advantage. listening for the benefit of the nice lady that works for Maritime Atlantic. Do not request this. OK, you did not hear this. <laughs> this never happened. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, the other good thing about launching from New, uh, Newfoundland was, um, you know, you have to get there first. Right. So it's 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 more relaxing than in Vancouver Island. Right. There's yeah. less people. It's just. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's really good to clear your senses and because um, it's it's pretty heavy duty to, to do this type of trip um, and make sure that you book the Newfoundland ferry really early and make sure yeah. you get a, um, like a room. We actually got really lucky at the very end. Um, you know, I think Harvey Harvey's sweet talking uh, got, you know, with with somebody else got us that room. But um, but make Thanks sure you book hours. it because otherwise Thanks you're hours. you're sitting in seats for another 12 hours. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's no fun, you know, when you when you're about to try to cross the whole country and, you know, without sleeping much. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a wonderful trip, guys. And, uh, you know, the old saying is records are meant to be broken. Totally. You know, when, when Ian and I did our trip, we welcome anybody. I mean, we knew that if you did it in the summer uh, with a more efficient car, then anybody can break this record. So all of us are just trailblazers. And the whole idea here is to let people know that electric cars are here. You don't have to make excuses anymore. Price of gas is pretty obvious right now. I mean, the choice is pretty easy. Yeah. Um, I, you know, of course, with the price increases because of the pandemic and stuff, you know, the affordability is actually kind of, uh, you know, not as good as it used to be. But I, I expect those things to, to uh, you know, to come back in, in due time. Um, so on that note, since you guys are our guests, I'll let you go forward. Um, we always do a thing at the end of the show. If people want to contact you, social media, websites, whatever you want, how can they get a hold of you? Kent, why don't you go first? Uh, well, LinkedIn is, is probably the best uh, for me, uh, just because I don't spend a ton of time on Facebook. Um, and um, and or uh, my email, kent at suncountryhighway.com. And uh, that's K-E-N-T at S-U-N-C-O-U-N-T-R-Y-H-I-G-H-W-A-Y.com. But LinkedIn is by far the best because you get a few hundred uh, emails every day. So sometimes they get buried. Um, over you, Harvey. Yep. Uh, well, best way I would say would be my email address. And that's um, my first initial H and my last name Soicher. And that's spelled H-S-O-I-C-H-E-R at telus.net that an email I'll, I'll get that um also facebook i'm good and and linkedin i'm good as well and um I'm, i welcome anybody's comments uh i'm happy to uh I, it, for me it's a passion you know driving an ev and being an ev adopter um i, I feel really good about uh doing my little part in helping uh, people get into sustainable personal mobility, and um, I'm I'm happy to share all my experience and and whatever help I I can assist with I'm more than happy to. Excellent, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Ian. Why don't you uh, tell people where they can find you? Well, you know, anybody who's been listening to the show long enough knows where to find me. I want to go out. <laughs> well, not everybody. Direction. We have new view- you have new All viewers right. and listeners so are kicking. You can find in. me on Twitter. It's the handle is at Ian Pavelko. Um, but what I want to focus on was, you know, one of the things that really blew me away about your project, uh, Harvey, was was the fact that you did this as a, as a fundraiser in, in Marianne's memory. And I, I'm so touched by that. I want to encourage absolutely everybody listening. I, you're hearing every single one of you out there. I want you to go and visit 
Mary Ann Electric Drive, all one word, dot com. That's, Mary, that's Mary Ann's Electric Drive. Link will be in the video Mary description. M A R Y, M A R Y, A N N S. Yes, there's an S in there. My apologies. So it's Mary Ann's with an S, Electric Drive. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. And there is a link directly. Exactly. To the Marianne's favorite charity, which is the Vancouver General Hospital Foundation, and the, all the proceeds go directly to Dr. Christopher Honey's research for his team um, on uh, Parkinson's research and other brain disorders, where he has used those funds to create breakthroughs for um, thousands and thousands of people that otherwise would have a very poor quality of life, and they've changed people's lives. And he trains the um, different surgeons around the world. So it's not just in the Vancouver area. He impacts surgeons around the world for these special techniques to improve people's quality of their life. Excellent. That, that's what I really liked about that charity was the fact that, um, you know, it's a pay it forward model, right? So you support that. He goes out and trains other doctors. They go out and save other people's lives, literally. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty magical. And uh, it's really what the EV community has been doing. Um, you know, yeah. there's been lots, been lots of people that have traveled across the country, Buddy Boyd, um, uh, Wolf and Soke, um, you know, Harvey. Uh, we actually had EMAs and Rays for three years. And then we had Americans and Canadians that traveling across the country for a month. And, you know, like, and, and, and those, you know, when people do that here or in the States or in other countries, they, they really do inspire and empower other people to, to believe that it's possible and to believe that amazing things are possible. Hey, you can travel across the country for free or whole, you know, internationally for free. And, um, and this trip, as you said, records are meant to be broken. Um, you know, yeah, nine years ago we did it on, you know, took 30 days, but it would have taken about two weeks, but you know, slow. Um, it's getting faster. The charging infrastructure is getting better and faster. The cars are getting better and faster. So the more people that go out there and actually get out there and make a difference and show people what's possible, it's 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 really going to help drive competition within the EV charger networks and the manufacturers to to do better. And I think that's really what we need to do because the more they do, the more you know we the world's going to change and um, and we're going to have a you know a chance at solving climate change thanks to EV drivers around the world and proponents. In regards to um, the the charity through Vancouver General Hospital Foundation, of course, you do get, it's a registered charity, you do get a tax receipt to go against all those Tesla owners that have um, bought Tesla stock and they have to reduce their their earnings, I, right? I hear, I hear Elon Musk has got a lot of money. He's, he's unloading a bunch exactly. of shares. He needs, to, right. he needs to reduce his tax he's burden. Lot, he's got a lot of... Uh, of uh, gains that uh, he may need yeah. to, to uh, donate some money to charities yeah. to offset that. Yeah, nice. no doubt. Well, guys, we got to wrap this up. Uh, Ian, finish off what you're saying. That's it. I just want absolutely everybody who's listening to the show, I want you all to visit that site. It'll be in the show notes. If you didn't catch on the first time around, Trev will put it down there. Yep. So please do that. And yeah, I, thank you so much, gentlemen. That was absolutely awesome. I, I hope we can talk to you again at some point and maybe meet up on the road out there somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, and one, one final yeah. point. I mean, one of the things that I liked uh, from both of you, Ian and Trevor, was the wrap up of your uh, your trip on video. I think it was a half an hour video, which I watched fully and was inspired by that. And uh, I have an editor, I'm not the best editor, so my editor is coming back from France um, mid-December. So by the end of, before Christmas, I should have a new video out, which will, will showcase the entire trip from start to finish. But in the meantime, there are 
videos that are on the on my website as well on my YouTube channel. So well, I'll tell you what. When when that video is ready, you'll make sure you ping me, and I'll uh, I'll I'll let everybody on social media and on the forum and stuff know. Okay. Yeah. You sure. bet. Yeah. Sounds good. In closing, I would like to you know shout out to Best Western and thanks for them because they did sponsor the trip. Uh, for us, uh, even though we weren't really staying in their hotels along the route, just in, in St. John's and in Victoria, but they uh, they were a, a great sponsor that's, for us. That's so only you. fair. We appreciate Absolutely. that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for today, guys. I know it's a little bit long, but hey, it's all fun when uh, <laughs> when you, we got lots to talk about and lots of fun stuff. We're kind of all kindred spirits here. So we highly encourage yeah. you guys, you know, if you want to do a long trip, it's totally possible to do there. You have no more excuses. Well, and that, that, and that's, I just want to say thank you, guys. You, you guys were awesome. And yes. um, well, the pleasure Trevor, is ours. Your your um, your comment about records to be broken. The the bottom line is 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 what we're trying to both accomplish. Right? Is that we can do a quick trip across the country with no inconvenience. It really was no no inconvenience, and that's really the main focus here. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We will let you go for now. You can uh, follow us, teslaownersonline.com, best place to be talking about Tesla and EVs. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. The handle's uh, teslaownersonline. And I uh, want to say thank you to our sponsors, the guys at Evanex and the uh, guys at uh, Fine Lab Ceramic Coatings. And lastly, I don't want to forget you guys, you guys on Patreon who pay every uh, month to get early access to our stuff. If you want to be a Patreon, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash teslaownersonline and uh, sign up for there. Anyways, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you Thanks. later. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Thank Bye -bye. you very much. Thank you. Right. Bonsoir, tout le monde. Bye, guys.